Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am excited to have Johnny Crowder with us. Johnny is a suicide abuse survivor, a TEDx speaker, a touring musician, a mental health and sobriety advocate, and the founder of and CEO of Cope Notes, a text-based mental health platform that provides daily support to users in nearly 100 countries around the world. Since his first keynote in 2011, Johnny's refreshingly candid perspective has attracted praise from hundreds of outlets, including Upworthy, CNN, and Forbes. Even when commanding a virtual stage or touring with his metal band, Prison, his infectious positivity and firsthand experience with multiple mental illnesses ranging from bipolar disorder and OCD to schizophrenia uniquely equip him to provide realistic yet hopeful insight into the pains of hardship with authenticity, levity, and unconventional wit. Thank you so much for joining us, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, gosh, that's quite a bit to to begin to tackle. So let's start with uh, talking about how mental and physical health is connected from your experience, both personally and working with people. Um, I used to, I used to think that they were disconnected, Uh right? Like I thought of my brain as something separate from my body and it's taken me a long time to recognize that my brain is inside of and controls my body. Uh Uh-huh, for sure. So it has been, I think over the years it's been a matter of understanding that like, um, I mean there's a balance, right? Like you can't just exercise away whatever you're going through that is a component right like your your brain needs oxygen so exercising helps get your blood pumping and gets oxygen to your brain helps release endorphins but the the bill can't stop there so i've been on both sides Mm -hmm. i've been on the side where i thought um if i just take care of my body then my brain will follow suit and i've also been on the side of like if I just focus on improving my mental health, then I can kind of let my body fall by the wayside. But really it's, mm, it's kind of like a pair of shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of weird to just have one shoe. You need to have both. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So kind of along those lines, so there's mental and there's spiritual and, and physical as well. So the spiritual piece I know is big for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's your, what's been your experience with God throughout all this? Well, I didn't want to talk to him or believe that he existed for almost my whole life. Ah. So I would say that um, even though my life has not magically gotten easier when I started having a relationship with God, although that's totally what I was hoping would happen. Right. um, Although nothing like magically changed in terms of my circumstances, I can say that the way that I process things is completely different like knowing that god is real because think about it if you experience mental or emotional distress Mm -hmm. and you are the world to yourself you know like the the world only exists as far as you can see and um you know that limited awareness makes your problem feel massive Mm -hmm. within the context of what you know the world to be but then 
I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever gone to like see an ocean or a mountain or something and you're like, wow, all of my problems are so teeny tiny. And the, the greater context of having a relationship with God and understanding that you're not alone in every single endeavor, that you actually have partnership and support in everything you do in every little moment when you feel alone, Mm -hmm. it, it makes it, I don't know if I want to say easier, Mm -hmm. but it makes it gives you perspective surmountable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to hear a, a, a version, whatever you can tell us of your testimony of how you went from where you were to accepting that God was real. What was that process like? Oh man, what a story. Um, honestly, I, I didn't really want to hear about God for most of my life because I had been burned by Christians and burned by the church. I'm sure a lot of people share the exact same experience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so uh, basically I was upset with people Mm -hmm. and I kind of took it out on God. Um, it's kind of like getting cut off in traffic by someone wearing an Eagles jersey and <laughs> saying like, oh, I, I can't stand the Eagles. The sure. So in my mind, I was conflating God's character with the behavior of people who said they were operating within his name. Yeah. And I'm certain that a ton of listeners right now are like, yup, that's exactly where I was. Sure. So I, I definitely fell victim to the misconception that God is what people do. Um, and so for a long time, I really wasn't open to learning or listening about anything having to do with faith, especially not Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. that was the thing I was most resistant to Mm -hmm. was like that version of faith. Um, but it's, it's going to be hard to believe and probably controversial for some people listening, but I literally, I was in Miami. I was about to... Play. I used to perform comedy, so I was about to play a comedy show. I was outside of the venue, and I literally heard God speak to me for the first time ever in my life, and uh-huh. just it was absolutely devastating. <laughs> like, basically, the the short version of the story, and this is going to rob it of all of its poetic justice. But sure. um, I was standing outside the venue, and I almost fell down. Like, I mean, I was just standing by myself. Right. And I had my eyes closed and I almost fell down. It was so weird. Like, I completely lost my balance. Uh huh. And I was like, what the heck just happened? And I heard God say, Do you think you can stand on your own? And I was like, Well, yeah, I've been doing it my whole life and you have been nowhere. Like, no one's been helping me. I've had a super brutal, terrible, traumatic life. Uh and you've been nowhere to be found. And then I almost fell again. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And it wasn't windy or anything, but it felt like I was like being knocked over. And, and I heard God say, that's what it feels like when I take my hand out from behind your back for just a second. Oh my gosh. Wow. Like you think you've been standing up all on your own, your entire life, but really the only reason you've been able to survive like repeated trauma and debilitating illness is because I've been propping you up. And it was like, that is how God chose to introduce himself to me. And then I literally fell down on the floor of a public bathroom in Miami and I cried for an hour and a half. Oh, wow. (laughs) It, it It absolutely destroyed me. And obviously there was like a, 
a process of learning after that where I was like, okay, was that even real? And like, now I need to try to educate myself about what just happened to me. Who is this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. What a story. So from that point forward, was that like a pivotal, like a 180 turning point or was it a slow progress for you to change a lot of, you know, the, the history of the direction that you've been headed? Oh, dude. I mean, even now I still catch myself exercising mental prejudice against Christians and the Mm -hmm. church. Like Mm -hmm. I work on it now when I go to church, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, don't, I can't judge church people. I can't have like this chip on my shoulder because I I recognize that I'm trying to undo like a quarter century of prejudice. Yeah, yeah. And it's taking a while. Like even as I'm, you know, in worship, I'll be like, you know, don't overthink the fact that you're in church right now. Like Mm -hmm. just be here and listen and experience stuff and meet people and learn. Don't allow this like quote, bad attitude that you've had towards faith for so long. Mm-hmm. Don't allow that to soil your current relationship with God. Like you didn't know then what you know now and you're still learning. So yeah. just be open. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did your faith in Jesus when you got to that place impact your desire to live? How did that change your, your trajectory? Oh, dude, once once you realize that God gave your life to you, you, you just can't it's so much harder to throw it away, right? Yeah. Like if you bought a toaster and it stopped working, you'd throw it away and get a new one. But if like your grandma bought you a toaster and you're really tight with your grandma mm-hmm. and she she put a lot of thought into getting you that toaster, even if it stopped working for a while, you would like put it in a cupboard or something. Sure, like, yeah. It's so much harder to get rid of. Interesting. And I, I really, when I had that conversation with God, that initial conversation, it was very short. It's not like we were on the phone with each other for an hour and a half. It was like a very <laughs> short, impactful exchange. But one thing that God said was, um, this year is going to be the hardest year of your life to date. And I was like, no way. That's impossible. Like, you have no idea what I've been through. And um, God said, you're going to want to kill yourself like you always have. But it is not your job to end your own life. Like something or someone is going to kill you at some point. Everybody dies. So take that off of your to-do list. (laughs) And, and if you can just stay alive for this last year, this is going to be the worst your suicidal ideation ever is. So if you can make it past this year, you might still have troubles, but it will never be as bad as it is this coming year. And I was like, Oh, great. How ominous. Yeah, but exactly. It was kind of like that was why God got in touch with me so directly was he was like, OK, something's about to happen to you mm-hmm. and it's going to take your suicidal ideation up to like a 15 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So just stick with it and don't die yet. Wow, that's crazy. So and I assume that really was the worst year of your life after that. Oh, it was. So that night I met someone who would sexually abuse me for like over a year. Oh my gosh. Wow. So it was like the timing, even when I tell this story, I almost can't even, I mean, I, I don't blame anyone for not believing the story. Cause even sometimes I'm like, what? 
All right, wow, what a story. So from that point, you've started Coke Notes and you've you've been a touring musician and you've done speaking engagements and all of that, that stuff. Can you tell us kind of what is the connection between all of these different pathways, avenues that you've begun to explore since you've kind of turned your life around? I feel like they're all different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, fog is just water in gas form. Mm-hmm. I think that might not be chemically correct, but then <laughs> ice is water in solid form. Right. I kind of feel like everything I do, whether it's speaking or music or running the company or whatever, it's all like ministry around um, mental health and abuse and sobriety, just taking different forms. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee that I would not be doing any of this if I didn't meet God, because it is almost impossible to describe how hard these things are, like running a company yeah. and touring in a band. It's like, it is the most impossible thing that I can think of. And I certainly would not do it without like a direct order like a directive from god saying Mm -hmm. like this is the way to leverage what you've experienced for the benefit of other people yeah that's amazing very cool so um and then sobriety you're a sobriety advocate as well can you tell us why that is so important to you as well yeah almost everyone is shocked by this i've actually um funny anecdote I speak at a lot of like panels and conferences and stuff and people will reference me on the panel and talk about like, Oh yeah, well when you were battling addiction or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I believe it or not. I have never used drugs or alcohol ever in my entire life. Interesting. Okay. But that is a direct result of seeing it secondhand, like in my immediate family, in my friends, like watching Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol completely destroy lives or even very slowly erode people's mental health and relationships and finances. Like I've seen so much of it up close and even, you know, I went to school for psychology, but even before that, when I was in high school, I was taking college level psych and I wrote um, what was called an extended essay. It was like a Jillian page long paper that takes an entire year to write. It was a graduation requirement for my magnet program. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it on the effects of drugs and alcohol on the brain, like the physical effects. So Mm -hmm. my whole life, even when I was little, I saw drugs and alcohol hurt my friends and family members. Mm -hmm. And so from a very young age, I'm like, not only am I not going to partake, but I'm going to learn everything I can about what happens to Mm -hmm. somebody when they use substances and then do everything I can to promote sobriety to help save people from it. Gotcha. That's awesome. Okay. And so since the, the Coke Notes approach is trying to give people some of the tools that you used yourself in order to deal with a lot of the mental illnesses that you've dealt with, can you give us an idea of some of the things that you, like maybe your top couple of recommendations you can give us for improving mental health? Mm. It's a big question, I know. So take it how yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um... I'll just name a few that come to mind. I'm not sure, sure that they will be the best. They're just the ones that are most that just pop into my brain right now. Okay. Um, one would be to kind of like we talked about earlier, get oxygen to your brain. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but if ever you feel like flush with anger or confused or sad or frustrated or whatever, do whatever you can to get more oxygen to your brain. Mm -hmm. So 
that might look like literally walking around your apartment. That might look like stretching or raising your hands above your head. I mean, this stuff sounds really elementary, but the fact is your brain is an organ, right? right? Like in order for you to process things that are really complex, your brain needs as much oxygen as possible in order to do that. So that's one thing that feels like very actionable, Mm -hmm. like get your brain more oxygen. But another thing is, it's kind of the whole principle behind Cope Notes is um, focus on your day to day. Mm -hmm. Like it can be really tempting. Like when I started therapy, I'm like, you know, in, in six months or in six years, I'm going to be this way. And I think it is nice to kind of have those goals and milestones in mind as you look towards the future. But really, you know, on your like fifth day of therapy, if you're like, why am I not better yet? Oh yeah. It's because it's only been five weeks or 10 weeks or whatever. So my encouragement is, you know, step one, the more, actionable thing is get oxygen to your brain Mm -hmm. and the more ephemeral thing is remember that it takes all of your organs a long time to change sure you you grow over years and years so please don't forget that your brain is just as stuck in its ways and resistant to change as some of the other parts of you but in fact Um, due to neuroplasticity, it's actually more apt to change than things like your heart or your liver. So like recognize that it'll take a while, but also have some hope in knowing that your brain really can change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. So, and then as you got to know God and Jesus and learning scripture and all of that, what are maybe some verses or some stories that really, that you clung to in those darker times when you were still climbing your way out? Oh, dude. I mean, I feel like I'm forever climbing my way out of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And one thing that has really come up a lot lately is the story of like all of those dudes in a boat in a raging Mm -hmm. storm. And they're like, Jesus, do you not recognize that everything's like going, everything's going haywire right right now? Like this boat's going under, our cargo's going off the side of the ship. Like we're all going to die in the storm. And Jesus is chilling. Mm -hmm. I just have been completely perplexed. Like I know we talk about like Prince of Peace and stuff, but can you imagine anybody who is fully human being in a storm on a boat you know, thunder and lightning cracking and these huge waves crashing over the ship and he's sleeping like that. Every time I get anxious, Mm -hmm. I, I picture that like the serenity that Jesus could feel in any earthly circumstance, just because he knew what he knew. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's the, the picture of rest that we're told about in Hebrews (laughs) that we're supposed to enter that rest just like he did. And it seems so insurmountable, but yeah, he gave us the Holy Spirit, so we have the capability for sure. That's <laughs> awesome. So what have I not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? couple takeaways. Hmm. Um, one thing I'll say is that my path to faith, I want to clarify, has not been linear at all. Yeah. Like, I, um, even after that encounter that I described, Mm -hmm. I did not want to learn about Jesus. I kicked and screamed and I, I swear (laughs) I read about every other type of faith and religion and philosophy 
all of these Eastern, like straight into Taoism and Buddhism and yeah. Hinduism. And I just, I wanted it to not be Jesus. <laughs> I'm not joking. But all those books, because that's, that's the negative experiences sure, that I had I were with it. quote unquote Jesus people or church people. Right, right, right. So, um, I actually was like reading all these other books and listening to podcasts and trying to educate myself. And, and I'm not even joking. I would buy a book about Taoism and Jesus w- would be mentioned like 15 times. Mm, I'd buy a book about Buddhism. <laughs> Jesus is mentioned. And I'm like, this guy just won't leave me alone. So <laughs> I, I want to just emphasize the relentless pursuit yes. that God takes to like, <laughs> to kind of reach some of his more stubborn children like sure. myself. I'm very much a Jonah, right? Yeah, like God's like, like go it. do a thing. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds impossible. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And it takes me a while. So I just wanted to mention that my, my walk with God has been very bumpy mm-hmm. and it is in large part due to my own resistance, mm-hmm. like me pushing back and kicking and having a bad attitude. So if anyone's listening and ha- is experiencing that or has in the past, I just want you to know that it might be more common than you think. I don't think it's just <laughs> me and that, you know, sure. those handful of listeners that have experienced that. I think it's fairly common. It's fairly common. Well, that reminds me of the story of God calling Saul, who later became Paul, on the road to Damascus. And he says, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, which leads me to believe that God had been speaking to him a long time before he actually converted. And he was like, no, I don't want it to be Jesus. I don't want it to be Jesus. <laughs> he kept ignoring it. But God wouldn't let him go. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So where can people go to learn more about you and all your many endeavors? Oh, quickly, one last little takeaway that just popped into my head now. Um, If any of you are from a church background that has reinforced the idea of simply praying away um, depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or, or anything like that, I am not saying prayer is not valuable. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that God put doctors Mm -hmm. on this, like appointed doctors on this planet to help us with illnesses. And while prayer is incredible and crucial, absolutely crucial, there have literally been studies that show that people respond to treatment with more positive outcomes when they have faith. Like I'm not making this up, but it's there. Those people are also in treatment. They are right. taking medication. They're being seen by clinicians. And I encourage you to resist the urge to just, um, to kind of turn a blind eye to science, like, mm-hmm. like chemically what is happening in a mentally ill brain mm-hmm. is rectifiable through modern science. There are measures that we can take mm-hmm. in conjunction with prayer. So yeah. please, if you have been resistant to seeing a doctor or taking medication or trying therapy it 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 is not against it just from where i'm sitting it is mm-hmm. not anti-god right. to look to science for solutions to um these health issues i think in fact science helps us understand how god 
solves these problems and it's truly fascinating yeah for sure so and i'll add to that in my experience whenever somebody comes in with a mental emotional issue it's kind of one of a few things and it may might be a combination there might be a neurotransmitter problem which could be genetic or sometimes it can be Mm -hmm. circumstantial it might be a hormonal imbalance it might be a problem in your circumstances or it might be a problem in your thinking and i kind of dovetail spiritual stuff with that like there there might be lies that are being either in your own mind or that are being suggested to you from the outside that you've accepted could be a combination teasing those apart is difficult but there's absolutely a mental and um, uh, emo- mental emotional physical and spiritual component and it could be any of the above I've seen some cases where it's purely physical and I've seen some cases where it's purely circumstance or where it's purely the way mm. that they're thinking but a lot of times it, it gets all kind of tangled together so I would definitely echo what you just said for sure so um, and back to my original question there so where can people go to learn more about you yeah, so codenotes.com has almost everything you'll ever need to know mm-hmm. about codenotes. I encourage you, even if you're like not living with a diagnosis like me, we serve lots of people who are living without a diagnosis. Right. So if you're curious about how it works, mm-hmm. copenotes.com is great. If you are curious about me as a person, um, johnnycrowder.com is like my speaking website. I'm also on Instagram at johnnycrowderlovesyou. <laughs> and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. And then the last thing I would say is if you're interested in like neuroscience, like how the brain processes information, I gave a TED talk called um, How to Grow as a Person and Why It Sucks. And I <laughs> talked about how your brain is fairly resistant to change, but it doesn't mean you can't change it. Right. So if you're interested in watching that, if you go to YouTube and just type in Johnny Crowder, you should be able to find it. Sounds good. Awesome. So I will link to all of those things, those resources in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Johnny, and all of your great insight. Really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. This was a fun one. Good. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.